Howdy, everybody out there. This is Big Beefin'. This is JP, and I am one-third of that Big Beefin' show. This is Aaron Rollins. What's doing, boy? Now, you may be asking, what is Big Beefin'? Well, the answer is quite simple. Big Beefin' is... That's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> you stop listening halfway through. I knew you were podcasting. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's his goddamn yard, and he put the property tax on a damn thing. And he said, wait a minute, Rollins. You got to be smarter than a fucking average bear. And I looked at him. I said, that goes both ways, buddy. And he kept talking. I just left. <laughs> average bear. That's a, that's a yogi. Yogi bear, right? Isn't that... It's a Yogi Bear reference, but that's not the fucking point, man. There, the, there, there's dark matter. Is there light matter? Well, that would just be normal matter. Like all uh, all of our normal matter would be the stuff that's not dark matter or dark energy. Uh, um, in quantum in quantum physics, and this is going to be a fucking terrible description of quantum physics. But you know how you know how you have a light switch. You have a light switch. Yeah. So quantum physics is basically if your light switch was on and off at the same time. What the fuck? That's quantum physics. So that's bullshit. If, Aaron, are you okay? Did, didn't you tell that one yesterday? I just told that one yesterday. Like, Aaron, are you okay? That he states that Bigfoot is there in plain sight. You just choose not to see him. <laughs> that's not what I meant, damn it. Fuck you. Never mind. Never fucking mind, John. You don't want to fucking walk your fat ass and don't walk. There you go. See? That is. <laughs> no. Uh, no beat to drop. So let's get right to this. Hello, my name is JP. No need for no MC. I've been keeping it real since 1983. <laughs> just, just enjoy the show. Hey, boy. How you doing, boy? What you doing, boy? Hey. Oh. Just chilling, man. Chilling like a motherfucking villain. <laughs> Why's it gonna be a motherfucking villain? Well, I guess it can just be an average villain. But I see. Well, what the hell's going? Huh? Huh? What the hell's going on? <laughs> Communication <laughs> issues, apparently. Communication. Uh, just getting ready to go uh, watch Shazam again tomorrow. Oh, cool, man! That's good. It's a good movie. How good is it? Good as shit. <laughs> so, uh, did you listen to any uh, of the podcasts from last night? Uh, oh, I came in on the last uh, five minutes, but I, I haven't had a chance to listen to the uh, other part of it. Yeah, I'm going to have to go back and heavily edit some of it because some of the people that – some of my listeners are not happy with some of the stories we told. So, <laughs> well, what? Well, wait, how do you know that? Because they told me. <laughs> <laughs> what did they say? <laughs> Why'd you put my name in that? <laughs> oh, so there's people you know. <laughs> yeah, all I got to do is just bleep out their names. Simple. It's a simple thing to do. You download the, uh, you just download the track, which it's an hour long, but. Why'd you put my name in that? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the reason is this stuff that happened a long time ago and our listenership, I mean, we're getting close to a thousand people, but you know we're not quite there yet. And not every episode, you know. I mean, it's the only reason why we're getting to a thousand is because we keep pumping out episodes, you know. And yeah. I don't know if people pay too much attention, but if the right person in the right part of town hears a story, I mean, you know, you know, a lot of people don't want that their past or you know they they at least want to explain their point of view on things being brought up. Huh? <laughs> They, they don't want something that they're ashamed of being involved with brought up? <laughs> well, no, they're not ashamed of it. It's just, you know, you don't, when you have a, when you're, when you're a professional and you're in like a professional line of work and you've got a family and you got kids, you know, nobody wants to hear about your glory days of drinking in high school or when you got hammered or how you broke the law or, you know, you know, which girl you were with on what night or, you know, a lot of people may not want to hear that because it may sound like it's recent. Even though it was, you know, decades ago, but, you know, and then, you know, sometimes things get lost in the story. Like you forget things and points of view and it's just, I don't know. I, I'm just, I think I'm going to go back and start getting rid of when we name drop people because, you know, you kind of don't want to name drop anybody unless they're on the show and they consent to be a part of it, you know? Well, I can understand the legal implications there, but I think that's just being a little, 
I don't know. Well, uh, my workaround right now is just to say that everything that we say on this show is purely fictional and it's for entertainment purposes only. No, I, no, what the fuck ever. <laughs> Pure fiction. Anything, any, any similarities that it has with real life events is purely coincidental. Yeah, like somebody getting their dick sucked. <laughs> yeah, it's not intentional. It's all, it's all make believe. Everything is for entertainment value. We're we're basically role playing. We're pretending to be these guys that have these crazy backstories. Yeah, we're uh, we're on person. Yeah, we're personalities on the radio right now. Yeah, yeah it's all this. It's all this. This is not me in real life. No, yeah. I mean my name is Shane, but you know whatever. Uh, <laughs> my name's Shane. But yeah, so I don't know. I mean, I have to go back and edit some of that stuff out. So no, okay. I, don't, I just I don't want to lose my listeners. I don't want to listen to the few people I got and say, you know, if all you're going to do is talk shit about me and I'm not there, I, I mean, it's not what I want to do. I'm, we're just having fun. I mean, me and Eddie, help we go back to you know six years old. I mean, we had a lot of shit to talk about. You know. Yeah, I used to know somebody like that too. Who? Darren. Oh yeah, he passed away. <laughs> Fucking buzzkill, man! Buzz Killington. Well, we, did, we did talk about JD for a little bit. Yeah, he was a good dude, man. Real good dude. Yeah, good people. So, yeah. Um, but other than that, man, we not a whole lot's been going on. Uh, I don't think John will be joining us tonight because I think he's in uh, this Power Ranger uh, convention. I uh, I think uh, J- Dave Franco or Jason Franco. What's his What's his name? Jason Frank. Jason David Frank. Jason David Frank. I think he's going to make an appearance at that one. Yeah, we've uh, I've met him before. He's a pretty cool guy. Uh, yeah, they, they, he had a an altercation with Jean Claude Van Damme. That was big news for a little while. Well, yeah, he's had a couple of things. He got kicked out of uh, the premiere of the Power Rangers movie, which he has a brief cameo, but he got kicked out because he had, he was. He took out his cell phone to take a selfie of all the crowd, and security came <laughs> bounced him. They're like, "You got to go. No phones allowed." And he's like, "But I'm in the movie. You got to go." You know? Dude, that's that's such a buzzkill. Yeah, man. Well, well, he uh, when we went the year that I met him, uh, I was wearing my Shazam suit, and which had nothing to do with the convention. It was an anime convention, and one thing that stood out that was weird is this guy, huh? What kind of convention would you say? It was an anime convention. Okay. And uh, there was this guy. I think he was dressed up. Who's that dude that fucking duels in the cards? The anime with the card? Yu-Gi-Oh? Uh, what, did he have yellow hair? Uh, no, I think he had black hair. Then it was probably somebody else. Yu-Gi-Oh has big yellow hair. It's big hair. Well, it was a black guy, whatever. But he was dressed like the way Yu-Gi-Oh is. I don't know what anime he was from. But he kept following me around. He kept looking at me. And... I don't know. It's just weird. But uh, aside from You've that. You've had some strange experiences at these conventions. Yeah, no, they're weird. And um, anyway, so the, the Green Ranger, Jason David Frank, he's there and he's talking to everybody. He takes questions and shit. And then afterwards, you know, he was just kind of having a little meet agreement at the table. And I passed him going to the bathroom. He was going to the bathroom, too. And he was like, nice duds, man. I was like, thanks, dude. And uh, but when I saw him sit down at his table, like. Then he had like a fucking wad of cash of people because people just giving him money, you know, just to get a just to get a signature. And you got to think, Aaron, how much is that signature going to be worth in you know twenty or thirty years? I don't think it's going to be worth well, a lot. No, and you know, I'm not I'm not going to argue that. But right now, he's he's a um, he's not a hot topic, but he's a topic, and he's an MMA fighter. He's still got his MMA career. Uh, he's still doing things in the in the Hollywood scene. He's just he's just not a huge name. Yeah, like contemporary, contemporary fans of Power Rangers, I mean, sure, that's going to be big business. But when we're old men, nobody's going to care about that dude anymore. Who cares about the uh, the Lone Ranger nowadays, you know? I mean. Nowadays. Yeah, I mean, nobody cares. Or Sherlock Holmes, I mean, unless it gets a, a reinvention. It, it's, you know, after a while, these things kind of just die off and just nobody cares, you know? So I, you know, but uh, but still, it's good for him. He makes a lot of money, and I remember his wife was just like insanely beautiful, just super pretty lady. But um, yeah, he's a cool guy. He's good people. 
Nice, nice. Yeah, that's good. Good. Uh, I've, I haven't met. I, I can't remember the last celebrity I've I've met. I can't remember if I've met a celebrity. Met uh, wasn't Adam West at one of the conventions you went to with me when you were shipwrecked? I never met him. I don't think I even saw him there. Oh, could have swore you were at the one with Adam West. No, I don't think I saw him. Uh, well, I don't know which one you went to then, and who was there. Yeah, I don't. I don't think uh, the only person I can think of. Uh, you know what? Never mind. I I can't think of it. I'm gonna have to take some time on that one. But um, something new happened in my life, man. Uh, I gave my two week notice two weeks ago, so today was the last day of my job. Holy shit! So you're out. I'm done. Wow, man. When did you make? I'm that away decision? from that place. Oh, you know, after I almost got fucking killed by an arc flash. Yeah. Well, so what are you doing instead? Uh, I'm exploring my options. I've got enough money right now that I'm okay that I don't have to worry about having a job right now. What are you going to do? Uh, like I said, I'm going to explore my fucking options. <laughs> well, have you applied anywhere yet? Oh, yeah. I put out applications all over. I put applications out up in Dallas. Um, I thought about moving closer back to mom because, you know, her health isn't all that great. And put applications out around Corsicana for different jobs they had out there. But uh, I'm just going to go wherever wherever a good job takes me. If if I can make some decent money, maybe I can kick some back to mom. Uh, I help her with the, with a bill or two here and there as it is right now. So hopefully I can maintain that because, you know, her financial situation is kind of crap. <laughs> What's wrong with her uh, financial situation? She she's trying to live on like eight hundred dollars a month. <laughs> yeah. So you're gonna you gonna move back in with her? Heck no. I was stayed uh, I came back there to take her to the doctor and they were talking about me moving back to that apartment and living in her room her house. Her no her apartment. Let me get this clear. I came back there, needed to take her to the optometrist. I take her and you heard the podcast that I had for that. It's the hour long I heard complaining. Uh, <laughs> yeah, complaining about her son-in-law pretty much. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I went back for an hour. I went back home, took mom to the doctor, and she was talking about me living in her apartment until I get a place of my own. Dude, there's no way I could stay in her living room. I don't care if it was for a week. There's no way. <laughs> That room is small as fuck. There's no way. I can't sleep on that goddamn couch. <laughs> no. <laughs> that ain't going to work, man. Have that damn dog climbing up all over me all hours of the night. Every time I go out there and I visit, I never sleep all night. Ever. Every time I've been there, I've always woke up, woke up feeling like I was hungover because I didn't sleep the whole night before. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what you're going to do, man. I guess you got to move on. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I, I'm going to say, and I, I made a, a Snapchat post. I said that it's it's bittersweet because I'm really going to miss some of the guys I work with. But then there's a few other guys that I'm not going to miss at all. I'm, I'm going to miss the work. The work was cool. It was exciting. It was challenging. But the environment that I worked in, I'm not going to miss that. I'm not. And when I got my separation papers from my uh, plant manager, who's our administrative boss, he had already filled in the reason why I was quitting for me. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. So after he left for the day, I went back in there and I amended it. <laughs> why did he say you quit? Uh, that the workload and the schedule was too stressful. Oh, and what'd you say? I said, I was concerned for my, for my wellness and safety. Oh, damn. Well, yeah, you had to go to the hospital twice. Yeah, since I've been there, and I've only been there like a year. You thought about going yeah. back to the uh, movie theater? Uh, you know, I was there watching movies a couple weeks ago, and um, a part of me missed it, but then I saw like all the shit they had to do, and I saw that the movie theater here in town, it got bought, up, bought out by a British company. Um, when they were telling me about the, the logistics of all that, I was like, yeah, fuck that. Uh, there's no way I'm going back there. What, uh, what was the new company policies or whatever? So when I was there, I was an associate manager and you handled cash. You made the schedule for other employees. Uh, you took in the inventory. 
you stocked uh, you stocked the inventory. You you did name branding, like you helped market the, the movie theater. Um, there's a lot of uh, maintenance stuff you had to do for the building. Uh, you made video trailers. Something there's there a lot that you had to do. Well, what they're doing is they're removing that job, and they're making people what's called a uh, team lead. So you're getting busted down, you're getting less pay, but you're working 40 hours a week. That's cool. It sounds like you just stopped listening. <laughs> no, I was listening to the whole thing. Yeah, I'm my sure. Phone, anyway, my, phone, so- my phone switched over. See, sometimes when I, if I'm doing something, like if I'm looking at another app, the fucking phone switches off. So you did phone. stop listening. I know you're fucking ass, man. You, had, you pulled something up on your phone while I was talking. Like, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what happened. So, anyway, no, the short answer is no. I'm not going back to the movie theater. <laughs> what about gas station? <laughs> you gonna you going to bring up my entire professional history? <laughs> We're going no, back 16 years. <laughs> not all of it. Hey, have you ever thought about the uh, Texas military? The National Guard or the militia? The militia. I met a couple of guys that were a part of a chapter for that organization, and I could not see myself getting along with them because – A bunch of wannabes? Yeah. Their execution and their approach is um, isn't the right tone. It's not in the right spirit. And it's uh, trying to accomplish the wrong mission, in my opinion. Oh. Yeah, I could give you a, a pretty detailed analysis about my experience. Well, what? But I don't, I don't want to get into all that. It's I didn't want to fuck around with those guys. <laughs> well, they don't, do they, they don't even get to carry weapons, though, do they? No, they get weapons. But it's like and they shoot normal them. stuff anybody could buy, though, right? Uh, well, I mean, some of these guys are ex-military and they get, you know, mil spec. They do, um, you know, PEC 15s, PEC 2 laser sights. They get rifle optics. They get, uh, radios that are, uh, what's the word? Encrypted. Um, they do, uh, field operations. They call them FTXs, field training exercises. Uh, to me, it felt like a bunch of JROTC. That's exactly what I felt when I was around them. And if you're ex-military or current military, hanging around a bunch of JROTC guys, that aggravates the shit out of you. Yeah. No, that's how it was with my friend. I had a friend of mine that I think he actually started it. I think he went and joined up and did like a year or something. And he would tell me, he's like, it's serious, man. We got to get in formation and we got to do the things right. He's like, what the fuck ever, dude? Can't be that serious. He's like, well, we take it seriously. Military. Your pretend military. Now, now, if it, was a, if it was an organization that was recognized by the state, I would take that a little differently. I think it's it not, is. I think this. Oh, this one's not. Not, not, not the ones that I was involved with. Oh, okay. But if it's a state recognized militia that has some sort of like legal backing, so let's say you know, I could have swore that, he said some ranking officer was was over it. Uh, right, but if he tries to use the uh, authority of his position, I guarantee you it's not going to be valid. Uh, he's like trying to use his position to enforce or promote what that organization is doing. They're going to be like, no, that doesn't have anything to do with your job. In fact, if you keep this up, we're going to fire you. I guarantee you that's how that would go. <laughs> Did you know there was a dude up here that uh, that pretended to be an army general and was able to actually successfully infiltrate the base for like five years? No, I never heard of that. That's a that's an intriguing story. What do you know? I could send you the the link. Uh, so basically, you listeners. Yeah. So basically, it happened in Fort Worth, and it's uh, I can't remember what the military base was, but I think it's the Air Force base north of um, north of Fort Worth. And uh, anyways, this guy walked in there. When I guess he went to a resale shop or whatever. A uh, you know, a surplus store, an army surplus store, and he bought a general's outfit and got the, the nameplate. I guess he typed up some phony paperwork that made it look like he had real orders or something. 
And when he walked in there, you know, he's dressed up. I was gonna, I was gonna say that's not hard to do if you have a copy of orders from someone else. Yeah. So, and well, he walked into the base, you know, dressed up like a general, and they just assumed, you know, they didn't question him. They were like, okay, well, here's a general. We better do what he fucking says. Yeah. That's that's where they screwed up. They uh, they didn't inspect. That's a problem. So the way he got caught, I mean, this was going on for years, Aaron. I, I can send you the story, but the way he got caught was. Uh, the he got there was some uh for some reason law enforcement wanted to do an event with the military and so a couple of detectives that were ex-military uh went to the base and they wanted to you know kind of just get a feel for you know what what kind of programs or how they could get involved or how they could set something up and so they meet this guy and his uniform was like fucking dirty and it didn't look like it was it didn't look like it was pressed and they were thinking you know in their whole experience anytime they ran into a general it was always not like this at all. And the guy smokes like in his office. So his clothes are always smoky. And they just, they said it just that the way he talked and the way he acted about things, it just didn't sit right. So they started looking into it, trying to figure out who he was. And sure enough, he's fucking faking the whole time. <laughs> he's impersonating the general. <laughs> and uh, they, what the funny thing is the person they assigned him for to be uh, supervised after he got this crime and was uh a retired uh, Green Beret Lieutenant Colonel. They, they've signed him to his ass. This colonel I'm telling you about was uh, active in Vietnam. And, like, we're talking, you know, behind enemy lines, fucking, you know, in the shit. And for somebody to come up and be a phony baloney, you know, general, I mean, good luck. <laughs> That's bad business, brother, because he's going to be on his ass. Yeah. Well, you know, it was uh, it was interesting. I, I just thought it was the fate of the universe. Well, actually, no, I didn't. I was in charge of assigning it. I purposely assigned it to him. <laughs> that was you? Yeah. <laughs> no, I, well, I mean, I did, okay, I didn't purposely sign it. I accidentally. It was, uh, it was just his you number came up, and I, I put him – I assigned him to him, and then it just – lo and behold, this was the story behind it. So it's cool. It was very interesting. Um, but yeah, I'll send, you the, I'll send you the link to the story. <laughs> and they, they explain how the detectives figured it out and all that business. Yeah. So I've met a couple of generals. Um, and when I say a couple, I literally mean two, maybe a third that I don't really remember. Uh, one of them was, it wasn't General McChrystal. It was the guy under General McChrystal in Afghanistan. Uh, he had a security detail team and one of our uh, combat medics, a corpsman uh, was assigned to that team. And he wanted me to trade out with him um, when our orders got canceled. And so I met this guy and we discussed the process, but it ended up not getting approved. Congress cut all the funding for the reservists that were over there and me and about uh, there was another guy that I met that was on, uh, on the base in Afghanistan and he was asking me, you know, about eye protection and stuff like that because he was trying to enforce the standard that everybody needs to carry their clears and their shades because, you know, it's bright as hell outside. You want to wear your shades. And he's like, well, you need to have your clears because at any given time you could be out and about for a prolonged period if you're wearing your shades and can't see shit. Uh, okay, part of that is true. Well, that but, comes back to like how it was in Black Hawk Down where – at the beginning of it, they're like, this this new guy comes in, and they're like, oh, you don't need your body armor. You don't need that. You know, it's just going to slow you down. It's going to be heavy. Well, okay. Yeah. So let me, let me say this. Uh, that request was a, a minor detail in the grand scheme of being in a combat zone. And if it's that dark at night, then I'm just going to use my fucking MVGs or a flashlight. Doesn't matter if I have clear eye per on or dark. <laughs> what, why don't they, I wonder why you know I guess it's just it comes down to a finance thing but you would think that they could get you guys some fucking I'm not going to say as extreme as Warhammer but they could get you they could get them some really good armor to wear uh, well yeah because you know most of it's experimental uh, a lot of it has to do with the, the money it takes to research and experiment and uh, put those pieces of body armor through trial and um, uh, and development so they, they've got to shop around and they've got to go to people that, you know, what do you have that works now? 
uh, well, we've got this. It's a grade three. It can stop a five, five, six shell. Uh, anything higher than a five, five, six, it won't stop. All right. Well, we expect most of our enemies to be NATO compliant. So if they use something bigger than a five, five, six, that's not NATO compliant. All right, fine. So they roll well, that. Well, my thing is though, that the current body armor scheme, it really only protects your torso and the top of your head. I mean, everything else is still in. Vital organs, yeah. So you and you've seen it. Um, you've seen uh, veterans come back with uh, uh, what is it? Ampu- amputated limbs. Um, yeah, and their you faces know, are all fucked up, or you know, they're missing like their jaws gone or something. But, but they're still alive. God damn it! They're no, still, they're still I, I know. Alive. I know they do a good job. I know, like ever since they started doing tourniquets, I know it saved people's lives. But I'm just saying. You'd think that they could do something, you know. I mean, goddamn. Oh, you're thinking like Iron Man or some bullshit. Well, that's really uh, what I've read uh, in the past. Um, some sort of exoskeleton armor is not that far fetched. There are people that are uh, designing and implementing uh, exoskeleton systems. One of them, so that people can carry heavier loads over longer distances. Before they can get tired, yeah. So you know what I'm talking about, and uh, that's not a project that's just going away. That's not just something they're like, "Oh, that looked cool," but we're really not going to invest in that. The the military and and general um, general the hell's his fucking name, General Chaos. Uh, God damn it, Mattis. General Mattis had mentioned that he said there will come a day when it's not the uh, soldier on the front line; it's the robot, and it's the soldier behind the robot that's fighting the battle, and yeah. that's of it and i'm i can respect that uh i can appreciate that i think that's gonna save um you know us millions of dollars for one because you're not gonna have to pay benefits to that individual for the rest of his life because he lost his fucking leg below the knee or he lost his eye or he lost a few fingers or an ear and then you, you you know we pretty much get whatever we want you know like as far as like what we're wanting for our foreign policy we can do anything at that point. And there's almost the only expense is just, it's just financial. Like there's no other grief that comes behind it. You know, nobody's going to feel bad about a drone that was destroyed. You know, I mean, it's, it yeah. is what it is, but you also yeah. strike terror. I mean, for like a lot of the people that we have conflict with for the most part are third world countries. They're not, they don't have their shit together. So if they see, I mean, and when I say shit together, I mean like financially, economically, like they may, they may know how to like hide in the bush and fucking snipe your ass, but I'm talking about like in the grand scheme of things, they don't have a sustainable government. So if you have this military force where you're dropping in fucking robots, <laughs> I mean, those people are going to fucking panic. You know, they're not going to know what the hell to do. And you just imagine <laughs> you're just sitting there, you know, you're just whatever out in your hills or out in the mountains and, you know, you're behind a fucking rock. And then all of a sudden this huge ass metal fucking dog looking thing with chain guns on it comes running by you and just fucking unloads i mean what the fuck are you, you're just gonna throw down your gun and say all right man I, i'm done i'm out you know you yeah, yeah, yeah. Met, no 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 you haven't met some of these individuals man they'll oh, they'll really? fight anything oh, okay. they'll fight anything they don't give a fuck <laughs> well i mean i guess at that point they're just gonna die you know they want to die anyways because they think no they don't care they don't care they're gonna take as much down as they can before they go that's their whole that's what makes these um enemies of of democracy so hard to stamp out because they'll they'll fight to the bitter end they'll fight and they'll kill anybody that's fighting them they don't give a fuck would you uh would you ever operate one of those robots? Would you ever like get get into it, like strap into no, a suit? No, or no, no, no. I I feel way more accountable and way more satisfied and vindicated in what I do when I do it myself. If I'm having to control some machine, uh, I don't like that because I can't trust that what I'm doing with that machine is is actually accurate. I can't trust that what the commands that I'm giving it, giving it and the the way it's executing those commands is what I mean to do. Well, that, well, that picture is like, you know how in, um, what was that movie with the Pacific Rim? You know how they got these very yeah. elaborate suits and they connected into the robot? I imagine it being something like that where you've, you're pretty much, everything the robot sees, you see. Like you're in their world, yeah. you know? And right. When you move, right. they move. And so, I don't know. I don't know how that would... It may, be, it may be further away than I think. It may be, that may be like 50 years from now. Because, I mean, I mean, if you look at, I mean, you were there. You look at how your people were when y'all were there. 
versus how it was in Desert Storm. I mean, had a whole lot changed in the in that thirty year or twenty year time period? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, the technology had changed, but the the whole mentality behind lessons learned um, that was something that really bugged me about my time yeah. in Afghanistan. They, uh, you, you hear from your administration all the time, lessons learned, lessons learned, all these things we learned from Afghanistan, Afghanistan, all these things we learned from Desert Storm, all these things we learned from Korea, all these things we learned from Vietnam. Uh, they've helped to reshape our military and we're moving in a positive direction. And all I heard when I was getting all these updates and security briefings and they were revealing some secret information to us that I can't discuss because yeah, at the time it was classified and I don't know how I could, I don't know if it's been declassified since then. Um, the stuff that they were telling us about, I'm just like, this is this is fucking Vietnam all over again. Everything yeah. that we learned from Vietnam, I mean, we're we're just keeping people alive better than what we did back then. Right. You know, they showed us GPS is a little bit better, navigation's a little bit better, communication's yeah, yeah. a little bit better. Technology's a little bit better, but the the, <laughs> the 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 strategy, the policy, the execution, it's all shit. It's like yeah. all the that we we heard about you know trying to win over hearts and minds and trying to to play to the local population and have them turn with us against the the reigning regime or terrorist operation there's, or there's no way can you imagine can you imagine if like shit got really bad here and we the u.s decided or texas decided fuck it we're leaving the u.s and then the brits came over to help us like how how you know how much would we help the brits you know i mean wouldn't we be like you know Mind your own fucking business. Like, stay out of our shit, you know? I mean, or maybe the Brits are a bad example. It was like the Russians were like, well, since you guys are breaking away from the U.S., we'll help you all, you know? I mean, just... Uh, yeah, if any sort of military conflict came to U.S. soil, I I don't foresee that being good in any fashion because y- you you have a bunch of civilians that own some very powerful weapons, right? You have a bunch of civilians that think they know how to handle those weapons. They think they know how to survive. They think they know how to fight an enemy uh, in their hometown. And the truth is, is that they don't. And so even though that they can kill the enemy, they have no idea about collateral damage. They have no idea about casualty collection points. They have no idea about cone of fire. They have no idea about safe sock or entrenchment or security zones. They well, just know that if somebody comes up in my fucking property, I'm capping their ass. All right. Well, you've got a 44 Magnum, or you've got a 458 Winchester chambered in front of inside of an M1A1, and that thing's gonna fucking kill that dude and the three people behind him. Yeah, but at the same time, Aaron. I mean, y'all are over there fighting guys living up in the hills and shit. I mean, you know, it wasn't the most sophisticated. Yeah. Let me let me just (laughs) let me just touch on that. Um, I read an article about this guy from a military college. (laughs) <laughs> and that guy said that uh, uh, he, he captured the failure in the Middle East in just a few sentences. We we have billions of dollars invested in the Middle East. We have the best training. We have the best equipment that's out there for the military market. We have hundreds of thousands of people going in and out of those countries. We have allies that are equipped just as similar. And we have failed to dominate and destroy an enemy that's running around mountains in flip-flops wearing bedsheets. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm saying. So then that's, those are those people. I mean, yeah, now they're desperate. I get that. So that's, that, that's a little bit more fuel to the fire, but shit, man, I imagine how it's here. Like fucking gangbangers in the hood and shit guns all in buildings. I, I know, I know I'm not going to say it's, it's anywhere near the level of the training, but, Shit, training can only get you so far in the numbers game, you know. I mean, eventually, what the fuck are you gonna do? You know, I mean, I, I know. Well, and I mean, I know the ratio would be like way more in favor of the U.S. government. I know they would rack up the kills, but they're not gonna. They would take losses. I mean, it would be bad. You know, I mean. <laughs> oh yeah, I just I have a feeling that I'm not saying that we would lose any sort of military engagement on our own soil, but I have a the collateral damage and the, the overall just destruction would be catastrophic. It'd be well, then catastrophic. You have, then you have, you know, decades of resentment, you know, where nobody, it's still to this day, there's a kind of a unspoken thing between the North and the South. It's not violent, but I mean, it took a long time for us to get over that. And some people, well, oh, yeah. still have it. I meet people all the time that use the word yank in a, a derogatory manner. Yeah. 
Well, it's interesting to think about, but you know, at the end of the day, it's, I was listening to this. Um, I was listening to this uh, this uh, Navy SEAL who's on Joe Rogan's show, and uh, Joe Rogan was talking to him about you know movies and like how unrealistic they are. And the guy was like, you know, a lot of these movies will show you things in 30 minutes that it takes your whole career to actually do. And he's like, one of the things they don't show you, everybody in the in the video clips you'll see in movies, everybody looks like they're having a, a lot of fun. But he says a lot of these trainings that they send us to, even though they're they're cool in theory, they actually suck. And some of the training is just it's just there to punish you, like just to hurt you. Like it, there's no purpose behind it. It doesn't teach you a lesson. It doesn't show you how to do something. Like it's just wow. this is going to hurt you. I, I, think that's, I think that's a little pessimistic. I, I think that most of the training, and I'm not going to say all, but most of that training is meant to expose some things in you, and it's meant to teach you how what, to overcome situations that you may think are impossible. What he was saying was he got the lesson like real quick. Like I get the lesson. I get what you're trying to tell me, yeah. but you why do you have to me hurt through. me? Yeah. And you're making me do this for two weeks. I yeah. got it, man. That's basically what it was. Like he said they would get him up like at five AM to go run out into the water and wade out up to their head and then they had to stay underwater for like ten or fifteen minutes. And he's like, I know what they're trying to say, but why the fuck do we gotta do that? <laughs> why does it have to be this early in the morning or you know, it's just it's hard. So there's there's more to that, man. Um so let me just give you an idea. So you know, there's no way you're going to be able to be prepared and trained for any every possible scenario that's out there. There's just too many scenarios. You have to take your whole life to get ready for everything. And by the time you die, you still have, probably haven't covered everything. But the military teaches you that no matter what the situation is or about how hard it is, especially SF guys, no matter how hard the situation may seem, you have the mental strength to get out of that situation, get superiority, and accomplish the mission. So – that being said, there's a movie called Lone Survivor. It stars Mark Wahlberg, Emil Hirsch, and several other guys. It's um, it's about Marcus Luttrell. Marcus Luttrell is, an, is a Texas icon, you know. If you, you go to some uh, military fans and you start talking – or sorry, you go to Texas military fans and start talking about Marcus Luttrell, um, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, American hero, blah, blah, blah. Um, his situation – he uh, was part of a steel team that was on a uh, capture mission, um, kill capture mission that went to shit real fast. They underestimated the enemy presence in the area. Um, they got spotted by a local. Uh, they debated for quite some time about whether to kill him, tie him up, or let him go. They ended up letting him go because that's the humane thing to do. That kid was an informant for local Taliban agents. He ran and told them, and they sent like 200 uh, anti, it's just 200 insurgents to go and kill these Americans. And when I say 200, that's probably conservative. All right. So I don't know exactly how many it was, but it was, it was, they were heavily outnumbered. And they got, they got involved in a prolonged firefight, and everybody on Marcus Luttrell's SEAL team was shot and killed. He ended up escaping. He ended up escaping by falling down the side of a mountain. Not only did he fall down the side of a mountain, he crawled for five miles with two broken legs, gunshot wounds, and a punctured lung to a village. He crawled to that village, and they kept him there for like three weeks trying to you know, keep him alive because they had this uh, code, this code of ethics that said if anybody comes into your town and if they're uh, seeking medical attention or if they're um, in danger for their life, then they take care of them and they nurse them back to health. Uh, it's called Pashtunwali, and we learned about that before we went into Afghanistan. And so uh, Marcus Luttrell invoked Pashtunwali, and those people took care of him. Um, he kept a relationship with him uh, for years. Anyway, so that just goes to show you the fact that he was able to survive that brutal beating that his body took when he fell down the side of the mountain. Just to give you an idea of how bad it was, when the actors did this scene in the movie, one of the stuntmen broke both his ribs. So – in real life, Marcus Latrell had several broken bones. Uh, he had been shot. Um, he was bleeding out, and he had to live on, like, contaminated water and undercooked food for several, several days. But he still lived through it. And he wouldn't – if he had not been a SEAL, if he had not gone through that, that mentally and physically demanding preparatory class and all that training, 
I don't think he would have lived. Now that's speculation, but that's my strong opinion is that if he hadn't, if he hadn't been through all the shit he had been through, he would have died. Uh, yeah, I guess in that moment, you just focused on getting to the next moment. You know, it's just, you're not, that's what you he said. Yeah. The future. You got to think about what do I need to do now? What do I need to yep. do now? That's all he um, was thinking is that I just gotta, I just gotta get, gotta stay alive. Just gotta crawl. Just gotta keep crawling, keep crawling, keep crawling. That's all I can tell himself. Did you, uh, did you ever watch this sci-fi show called The Expanse? I don't think so. So, if you do, you have Amazon Prime. Uh, I do, I do. All right. So when you get when you get when you get spare chance, check out The Expanse. Um, <laughs> you won't, you will not be disappointed. It's got Tom Jane in it. Uh, the first six episodes, you're gonna get kind of annoyed with Tom Jane because his actor, he's like way too overacting. But uh, and then the the protagonist in the series is kind of a, a pussy. But if you just just stick with it, <laughs> just stick with it for a little while, and once you get past all that, it's it's a very intriguing show. And basically, yeah. what the premise is is that it's in the future, far into the future, and you know Earth has spread out into space. We've went as far as the asteroid belt, so we've colonized the asteroid belt. We've colonized Mars. And uh, then we have the Earth and, you know, there's bases on the moon and there's spaceships, there's warships flying around, there's freight ships, there's all kinds of stuff. And basically Mars breaks away from the U.S. government and forms their own government. So it's like the Martian government. Well, after like a series of conflicts, the Martians like totally break away. Like they don't have anything to do with the rest of space anymore. They're their own entity and they become this very warlike faction like very focused on violence and aggression and because they are living on Mars, you know, their gravity is less. So over time their bodies get weaker because they don't have to do as much. So, you know, how humans are, if you, if you give a human a chance to be lazy, naturally their body's going to be lazier. So these Martians become weak, but the way they make up for that is they like build these tech suits to like help make them stronger than normal humans. Um, stronger <laughs> yeah so say it that way <laughs> well you know but and then so and then the people that are living on the asteroid belt they got it the shittiest because there's no almost no gravity i mean there is a little bit but it's super light so those people are like really weak and then because they're so far away from earth and they're you know they don't get a lot of sunlight and they don't get good food and all their nutrients are fucked there's like some illnesses that run rampant and uh Anyways, just a very hard life for them. And anyways, somebody, I can't remember who, but somebody in some corporation comes across this molecule that's not of our system. It's extraterrestrial in origin. And it's got all these strange properties that they don't understand. And anyways, the movie, the show is about, you know, the race for who gets this molecule and who's going to use it. What are they going to use it for? And all this crazy shit's happening and, you know, they're trying to avert a war with Mars and Mars gets all these ships and all these weapons, but Mars wants to fucking blow us, you know, get us with first strike and Earth has kind of gotten bloated and it's overpopulated and, you know, we have more numbers, but we're not as, we're not as like, we just don't have the same passion that Mars does. And then the people in the belt don't like fucking anybody, but since they're so, you know, small and on their own. They really can't do a whole lot, and then it's just this huge shit storm. It's actually got um, the dude from uh, MythBusters. Uh, he's actually a scientist in it. Um, Adam, I think Adam Savage. You know what I'm talking about MythBusters. Huh? Did you ever watch MythBusters? Uh, yeah. What's that got to do with anything? Well, the guy he's he's he plays a scientist in there. Oh. So, if you ever get a chance, check it out. The Expanse on Amazon Prime. Tell me what you think. Yeah, yeah, I'll uh, I'll do that. Good show. I hope so. Hey, um, when are we debating this guy? Because I've got some top uh, some research points that I can use if if we ever do debate him. I'm gonna set it up for next week if you're available. Apparently, you know my my plan was. Yeah, I don't I don't think I was very clear. I was trying to tell you guys I wanted him. I wanted to give the guy a chance to like state his case without us interrupting him. So yeah. some of that required me to be, you know, amenable to what the guy was saying and not dismissive. I mean, the shit he was saying was, I mean, it was bizarre. 
Um, it seems like a good guy. Seems like good people. But it was it was insanity, and he even admitted that he was like, "I know this is fucking crazy, man. I know it's crazy." And um, but he really want. I think he wanted to try to get into the math, but I kind of didn't want to get into the math. I, like I wanted to get into the big picture stuff, so I was trying to explore like where these theories come from, where they originate. And of course, it didn't take long for the veil of sanity to crack, and all these crazy things came into play. But I think, and I could tell he kind of wanted to stay away from it, but I kind of pushed him into it anyways. So the debate, and I don't know if he'll listen to this. Maybe he will listen to it. I, I mean, it can only help his case if he listens. And he's like, okay, I know what these guys are going to do. But the debate, I just kind of want it, because he said he would debate y'all. So we kind of need to make our stance for, for sanity and, like, reason. And just have, I know Neil deGrasse Tyson recently did a seminar on, you know, basically destroying the flat earth theory. So the problem with Tyson, though, is he, uh, with Neil deGrasse Tyson, a lot of times you have to, you have to have some, a little bit of knowledge before you can go fully in, you know, like if you have no knowledge at all and you listen to Tyson, I mean, it could be just the same as this flat earther talking to you. But if you know a little bit what he's talking about and you can, you can interpret it better, then uh, I think it'll be a good tool for us to use. But, um. I guess the big thing you'd need to focus on is the uh, whatever the flat earthers say about airplane travel and, and focus on that because those those were his big points were you know observing what we see in, in commercial flight. So we'll set it up for sometime next week. All right. Um, I don't know which day. I know Eddie wants to Eddie wants to do another podcast. I don't know what was it like talking with him on the podcast? Uh, he was good. It was good. But it was basically a trip down memory lane. All we did was told, tell old stories about when we were growing up. We spent, and that's where kind of the, you know, we kind of got in a little trouble because we were name dropping so many damn people, telling all these stories. And it's not, it's not, we don't have to use their names. It's just convenient. Like it just makes the story better to, to, to refer to somebody, you know? So if we had went into it with made up names, um, you know, we could have saved ourselves a lot of grief versus now I got to go back and it's only an hour long and the name drops are few and far between, but so they won't take that long to edit out. But, you know, that, that's kind of the big thing. And, uh, no, it was fun. It was good talking to him. I mean, it's been a while since me and him just sat down and talked, you know, it seems like the only times we ever hang out, somebody fucking dies. There's a wedding or a funeral and there's, most of the people are married nowadays, so we don't see too many weddings. It's pretty much funerals. Yeah. Uh, but I just, I don't have any reason to go to Kearns, man. How the fuck would I go down there? Like, I, I'm not interested. I may go to the 20 year reunion. May go. That's a big you didn't go to the 10. No, I didn't go to the 10. Why? What, what was, who, who was at the 10 one? Your classmates? N- yeah. N- none of the people I hung out with. Oh, who did you hang out with? Eddie, Jeffrey, and Jacob. (laughs) And they weren't there. Okay. So, no point in me going. I I, I didn't know that. I'm not, man. I'm just saying. (laughs) I went to my 10-year reunion, and about half of my class was there. Yeah, I saw you running around on the field laughing and shit. I wasn't running around laughing. That's not what I did. You literally were running around the field laughing. I was not running around laughing. No, I was not running around. I wasn't running around on the fucking football field, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna find. I'm gonna find the video and show it to you. We'll find it. I'm a, yeah. All right. You you find it. You let me know how that goes. <laughs> the video you posted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, it's a good time. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's just uh, if I had stayed, if I had stayed down there, I mean. I just can't imagine how my life would be. It would be bad. Like, I'd be living paycheck to paycheck like a fucking hobo. I mean, it just would be bad. Yeah, if you say so. No, I know so, man. There's no question. It would be bad if I stayed down there. But there are people out there that, you know, make a living not doing that. They're not, you know, living paycheck to paycheck and not living like a hobo. Well, I would have been living like a hobo. Or working at a very, you know, grinding job. Not not a job where I don't get to use my head very much, you know. <laughs> like when I was, you know, I was working at the prison 
something in law enforcement or oh yeah i forgot well you're you're in law enforcement now you're the department of justice i'm talking about like you know police work down there that's pretty much or you know maybe the fire department or something like that it just wouldn't have been the same that's all i'm saying it, it would have been whatever i did down there the been a struggle. isn't mindless so the the fire department is can be can be one of the most challenging jobs out there when you got to analyze a complex scenario and yeah, you know, I don't look want at to all be going into people's houses that I know. You know, I don't want to be saving people I know. Why? Why are you? Save... <laughs> I just don't want to be. You know, I just don't want to be in people's business like that. Uh, all right, yeah, it's each their own, I guess. It's easier to deal with people that you don't know. It's easier for you. <laughs> well, because anytime I go into town, man. I go in there, like go into a gas station, I go into a restaurant, somebody sees me, it's a 30 to 25, 30 to 40 minute That's conversation. That's the truth of it, man. Now we got to the bottom of the fucking situation. You don't want to be bothered. <laughs> well, you know, and now it's even, now it would be even worse because now I do got a kid, you know, I mean, and I can talk about <laughs> raising children. And all, but in the past, it's like, hey, you got any kids? Nope. I mean, we ain't got shit to talk about, you know, so just going to move on. I'm doing good at my job. Peace out. Um, but now it's talk about work, talking about the kid, you know, talking about plans for the future. Some people I don't mind talking like people that are interested in like how I'm doing, like want to know like what's, what's happened since I've revolves around you. No, I mean, I like hearing about what's going on from them too, but oh, do what you? I don't, what I don't ask. Yeah. All the time. I always fucking, you know, how I am. I'm always asking shit. Um, stupid shit. Yeah, you're asking stupid shit. <laughs> like I was down there talking to one of the co- uh, coach Engle, and it was actually fun to talk to him. And he was like, he's like, yeah, I wish some of your classmates uh, had it a little bit more together because the way they turned out. I'm like, yeah, well, you know, who's he talking about? Yeah, I mean, you know, like the fucking no, people that people that. Well, okay, like uh, the, and the, this guy wasn't my classmate, but people in the same ilk as like Zach and and. Um, uh, okay, Devetta. so I know, uh, yeah, yeah, good old Devetta Cheese signed for four years Fed time. Um, he's going back, boy. I don't know if you knew that. Uh, Zach Jones, I don't think anything's really going negatively with him, right? He, he lives in Kearns, oh, but I was talking about Zach Emmon. Man, oh, Zach Emmon, poor dude, poor dude. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, him and Matthew Reed, um, I my heart breaks for him, man, because I know, I know they should be having better things in their lives, but that's not where they are. Uh, but yeah, I, there's guys like, um, uh, you know what? No, I'm not going to say his name, but dude, I, I know a couple of guys that have gone to prison, uh, from currents. Um, I know a couple of guys that have been involved in infidelity scandals. Uh, and I mean like with their wives or having an illegitimate kid. Um, I, I know several of my classmates, man, that, paying child support out the ass and so yeah it sucks but you know you got some real good gems coming from currents you got lance pruitt who works in uh, cybernetics and robotics dude he's got like a fucking 70 dollars salary right now then you got uh fred cumby fred cumby's got kids a wife a house of his own and he man he's doing peachy he's doing just fine uh who else who else out there billy hobbs billy hobbs is doing great um uh, Adrian, what was his last name? Harris. Adrian Harris was a highway patrolman, I think. Um, Austin Bell is a truck dealer. He's uh, he's not just a truck dealer. He actually makes really good money selling Chevy and GMCs. Um, oh, yeah. I guess, I, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, but I don't want to throw anybody's names on the bus here, but, I mean, how many folks are making over six digits? You know, I mean. Are you making over six digits, motherfucker? No, not not by myself. <laughs> Well, all right then. But, you know, combined income. But, uh, you know, it's just uh, it's just one of those things where you're like, man, I don't know. It just, I just I don't see opportunity. I don't I don't see any opportunity there for me. That's that's all I'm saying. Up here in a big city where nobody knows you and nobody, you know, because current you always got history coming with you, too, man. I mean, the, talking about you when you were a kid. Yeah, you know, but up here. <laughs> You're, you're based on, you know, what you, what you do. It's not based on what you've done. It's what you do. So, 
don't know. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. Fucking matter. <laughs> the main thing is just to enjoy life and have a good time. And, and sometimes it's not. The whole point of what we're talking about is sometimes it's nice to to take a trip down memory lane and, and remember some old stories. But uh, I, I don't want to live in that world. You know, I don't want to live in the past. But you don't want like, to be talking about all that shit from years ago every damn day. Yeah. You know, but it is fun to revisit it. And, and a lot of times you learn things that you didn't even know, like stuff that you, you don't remember or you've forgotten. Or maybe there's another, yeah, another person was involved in the story after you got removed from the story and how did they respond to everything that happened? And right. All, all the threads that are involved that were getting pulled from that yarn. Yeah. I, um, I, all I remember is that, for a while there, I thought you didn't like Eddie because he burned your fucking Batman cardboard cutout. <laughs> well, actually, we talked about that in the uh, podcast last night. Uh, <laughs> so, so we talked about that in last night's podcast, and then I think we talked about it uh, one day last week with John. It might have, it may have even been the previous podcast, but basically, it revealed it, between his story and my story. I think you get the full picture, basically. Uh, what happened is at the time there was a situation, I guess they had given me a lot of beer or I don't know. I drank all their beer one night and that's what started all this. Cause I didn't, I didn't pay them back and they weren't, I guess they had plans of that beer and I drank it all. And um, yeah, they got mad at you for that. I remember that clearly. That's what prompted it. But then the thing is, is that once they did it, I don't know if they thought that I knew or what they, they said I was, I was being up there. I didn't want to talk to them. I didn't want them over at the house. Well, it wasn't, it wasn't so much that it was that this chick I was dating at the prison, I was gone all the time. There was this woman that I was hooking up with and I was, oh, oh, that I, makes so much sense. <laughs> I, was, I was always gone over at her place. So the problem is, is I was working 12 hours a day. So, and the, the, the prison was an hour and a half away. So when I went to work, I mean, you know, you go, you get after 12 hour shift, 12 and a half hour shift, you go home and it takes you an hour and a half to get home. Well, you only got so many hours left in the day to sleep before you got to get up and do it all over again. So after those four days, I didn't want to do shit. And the only time I would be home is if I wasn't over at this woman's house, you know, fucking banging her in her trailer. And so it was a trailer. Trailer. well, you know, mobile home, you know, one of those big ones, but you know, trailer. Hey, boy. Getting in where you fit it in, huh? <laughs> but she had well, and that was an awkward situation because she was older and she had a kid my age. And uh, one time he was over there, like he was hanging out with her, and I was like, and he actually worked at the prison too. And it's like, hey man, I'm gonna uh, bang your mom here later on tonight. You know, I didn't say that, but that's pretty much what oh, it was. That's dirty. <laughs> you know? But that's pretty much what it was. And uh, anyway, she. Uh, yeah, so they, you know, but they thought that I was ignoring them or I didn't want them hanging around and I wanted them, you know, I didn't want to hang out with them or I was being, you know, snobby. But it wasn't that, I was just tired and really I just was gone a lot. I wasn't there very much. And as far as like the whole Batman thing, like I forgot that they, I, I didn't even realize it was gone. Yeah, right. I, you forgot about it, yeah. I, and you didn't I, even know that it was gone. Yeah, and, I, and, and Eddie said, well, no, I can remember Aaron telling you something happened to it. And I remember, I remember that, but I, I think I blew it off and thought you were just lying. Like, I didn't believe you. I just didn't know what happened to it. And it wasn't until almost a year later when they finally showed the video. But if you <laughs> listen to the podcast tonight, their plan totally went to shit, what they were trying to do and what they actually did. Everything went to hell. Um, but that's anytime you have something like that, it's always going to be a farce. But, uh, yeah, it was just interesting to hear the whole story and get the points of view because it's like, okay, well, you know, he didn't know what I was up to during that time. I didn't know what they were up to because we, you know, we just didn't know. But um, anyway, this is it's funny. Funny boy. Lots of fun. I wonder what old Daniel's up to tonight. I don't think I really care. Oh. I remember uh, <laughs> somebody sent me a message from his phone saying that, uh, you know, he, he won't respond because he's actually trying to sleep. He's got to get up for work. And all I can do is laugh. <laughs> oh, Daniel? Daniel's sleeping a fucking, like a fucking rock. And he's got to be up early for work. <laughs> so you sent Daniel a text and somebody else responded on it? It was in the group text. Well, it wasn't John's phone. 
Oh, you know what? It probably was John's phone. Oh. <laughs> I, 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 I thought that Daniel had somebody, but I guess he doesn't. Yeah. You what do you know that? about that? Somebody? It's like dating? Yes, God damn it. What else would I mean? No, Daniel ain't doing nobody. He don't like uh he don't like being in relationships. It's too expensive, it's too much drama. He can't do what he wants. You know, he don't like it. He don't like having to answer to somebody. He don't like somebody looking at his shit. He wants to do his own thing. <laughs> you know? I, I and 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 to be honest, I mean, what good examples has he seen? I mean, when you know, I mean Sarah's Sarah, you know, my wife, she's cool, but at the end of the day, I mean, it, it has to be a mutual thing. We both have to go do things that we both like. It can't just be Shane does whatever the fuck he wants and doesn't care about shit. You know, and Daniel, <laughs> Daniel wants to live in the world where Daniel does whatever the fuck he wants and doesn't care about shit. Like, if he wants to just sit there and binge watch eight hours of a shitty anime where nothing happens, then he's going to do it. And he don't have to tell anybody why he's fucking doing it. And he don't have to clean house. And he don't have to put up laundry. And he don't have to do dishes. He doesn't have to. That's why John, the other night, John said, Daniel, are you eating anything? Are you eating anything for dinner? If Daniel don't want to fucking eat dinner, he don't eat dinner. He can wake up and have a bowl of ice cream if he fucking wants it. It doesn't matter. He does whatever the fuck he wants. So, you know, when you're in a relationship with somebody, when you find a chick, you know how it is. You can't be, you can't be 100% whatever the hell it is you want to do. You got to, you know, you got to be a part of a team. Daniel don't want to be on a team. You're you're not uh there's there's some things about your behavior that you kind of scale back like there's a I don't know if I told you but I quit smoking and but when I was dating and I was still smoking I would not introduce myself to a girl after I had a cigarette I wouldn't tell her that I smoked I wouldn't smoke while she was around I would wait for a significant period of time to pass and then that conversation would eventually come up she didn't like it and we ended up breaking up if she did then we go from there. But uh, for the most part, I hid that shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, but you, you know, your 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 perspective is trying to get laid, though, right? I mean, you're not trying to. Well, not down. necessarily. I mean, that can that can be a, a make or break for a long relationship. That can, you know, if if a girl finds out and you've been seeing her for a while, and she finds out you're a smoker, she's like, well, if you would have just told me you were a smoker, I wouldn't have fucked with you in the first place. We've been seeing each other for six months. Well, well that, 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 that's a breaker for me. I can't do it. So there's, yeah, so there's, well, you know, I mean, it is a thing, man. This shit stinks, man. Like, if you don't smoke, it's bad. Like, and it sticks in your hair and like you smell it all the time. I get it, man. I get it. You don't like it. <laughs> you know, it's like uh, with, uh, you know, Rod, uh, Sarah's sister, she was smoking in the house and we'd take the baby over there. So I'd drop him off and come back. It smells like smoke. And I'm like, this is not going to work, man. You can't have him in the smoky house. You know, and just, but you don't, when you're a smoker, you don't know. You don't know how bad it is because you can't smell it. Your nose blind to it. Anyways. Well, we hit an hour. We managed to talk. We managed to fucking bullshit around for an hour. Yeah, bullshit is right. Well, man, I hope you find a good job. Um, I don't know how I can help you, but if, uh, you know, if you find something up this way, let me know and we'll, we'll help you find a place. Yeah. All right. But, you know, good luck. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, I'm glad to – I got to say, dude, I'm glad to be out of that place. Um, I'm going to miss some of those guys there, but uh, I got to get away from it. I got to. Well, you know, in between the job search, why don't you sit down at your computer and uh, pump out some chapters on a new story or maybe come up with an outline or something. Uh, yeah, so I got my book back from my editor, and um, I'm going to be going through that and giving them a final product and kicking it back to them. Oh, they gave you a shit ton of notes. Uh, they did some formatting it to make it more convenient for them to print. And uh, I kind of don't like the way that they did it, but they did it to make it 300 pages. Um, and when I had it in the format that I had it, it was like uh, 350. So they cut down a lot. Well, and so I got you, know, you know how it is when you're reading when you proofread my story. A lot of that shit was repetitive. You know, it's, it's like shit like uh, they they didn't really cut out much of the the words. They just made the some grammatical changes, uh, like conjunctions and pronouns and where you put your period versus a semicolon. Yeah, 
Oh, there's there's fucking people out there that that shit matters to them. They can't read the book if it's fucked up and it has those issues. So there's They're people that never there's people that's never gonna read my book then because it's fucked up and it's got issues. Oh well. Oh, next week I want to do a or at some point in the future I want to do an episode on the chalice. Uh, well, I mean that's your right to do that. Um. I got a song for whenever we do another song thing. Yeah, John wants the next song thing to be uh, we sing Disney songs. I got my own fucking song, but all right. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, not, I'm going to wrap this up. Yeah, I'm not fucking with <laughs> huh? Never mind, man. Yeah, just have a good night. Appreciate you, you having me. You want to sing it now? No, no, no. It's for later. But you said the next song thing is going to be fucking Disney songs. This ain't a Disney song. No. But, well, well I mean, you know, you know how John is. He's going to want you to sing it. So we'll figure out something. But uh, did you know we had a Twitter? We got a big beef in Twitter? No, I did not know that. No. Yeah. So uh, all the fans, listeners out there, hit us up on Twitter. Big Beefin. Uh, big Beefin's also <laughs> on, on uh, Instagram. But. On that one, I pretty much just post action figure pics, so it's not a lot. But if you're wanting, like, if anybody's got any fucking topics for shows, things they want to hear our perspectives on, send us an email on Big Beefin or a message and whatever, and we'll we'll talk about it. We'll explore ideas. We, uh, you know, we're not total fucking idiots, so hit us up. Well. <laughs> Have a good night, boy. Good night. Yeah, all right, bye.